Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host Ryan Gable, and you are tuned into the Secret Teachings Radio, airing five nights a week, Monday through Friday, on Ground Zero Dot Radio in the Aftermath FM app. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com, those are the two emails. You can also search for The Secret Teachings on any radio or podcast player after the show. You can listen and download those shows for free. There are advertisements placed in them, however, so if you'd like to get rid of those ads and support the show more directly, you can visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe to the archive. You'll get access to the shows, the montages, my digital books, and a private RSS feed. The other way to support us is, of course, grabbing a copy of one of those books on the website Occult Arcana, The Technological Elixir, Food Philosophy, and my new book, Liberty Shrugged. Again, www.thesecretteachings.info. So tonight we're going to touch on a slightly controversial and convoluted subject. It is Thursday, November 17th, 2022. And I have an article here from CNBC News and a number of others talking about the protests that are taking place in Iran. Now, for those of you who don't know, because our media has covered this in tiny little fragments here or there a couple of times a week, but nobody really has much of a clue in the West what's happening. There are reports that the Iranian government has killed 15,000 protesters, or at least sentenced that many to death. Even Justin Trudeau up in Canada tweeted about the 15,000 protesters being sentenced to death. But once again, it turns out that was untrue. Turns out that a few hundred people have died in these protests. And a handful of people have been sentenced to death for breaking a variety of different laws in these protests. But that's about the extent of it. Now, it's not that Iran's government is not barbaric. It's not that Iran's government is not oppressive. It's not that Iran's government is not, for lack of a better term, evil. But we need some context, particularly because the reason people have been protesting might not be the reason you think. Now, if you come from the George Bush political era, then you might have an understanding of the reason people are protesting in Iran. And when I say the George Bush political era, I mean the boy George Bush political era in particular, where a lot of Americans were conditioned to believe through very, very discriminatory, hate-filled, and I would say racist and anti-Semitic media coverage by all the major media outlets that lied us into war after war. They conditioned us to believe that Muslims were barbaric people, that the Islamic faith is based on barbarism and ignorance and uh, a lack of information, a lack of knowledge. Uh, Of course, from Christian points of view, uh, a lack of knowledge of God. Uh, Likewise, from Jewish points of view, a lack of knowledge of God, etc. But when you look at what Islam actually is, Islam traditionally is an extension of Christianity. Muslims believe pretty much the same thing that Christians believe. They believe in Mary they believe in uh, the disciples. They, do, they believe in, uh, you know, basically the entirety of the biblical narrative. The only thing they disagree with is that Jesus is a physical God 
manifest on earth or a God manifest physically on earth. Muslims traditionally are basically an extension of Christianity. And the prophet Muhammad traditionally is the next in line in secession after Jesus ascended into heaven. Now, Islam has been turned into a grotesque and uh, perverted religion, perceptually uh, and literally. You know about the history of Wahhabism, perhaps, if you've listened to this show. Wahhabism is kind of like the radical right-wing fundamentalist Christian, in the same way that in Judaism you have radical political Zionists. And we talked about this on a recent show. I broke these three major religions down. You have standard Christianity, standard Islam, standard Judaism. Then you have radical Christianity, which is the right-wing fundamentalist Christians. You have radical Judaism, the political Zionists. And you have radical Islam, which are the Wahhabists and such. But then you also have mystical versions of these belief systems. In Christianity, you have Gnosticism. In Islam, you have something called Sufism. And in Judaism, you have, well, the Kabbalah. Very rich history of mystical and magical and philosophical lore. So Islam is not what we were told in the first couple of years after the attack or the terrorist uh, event or whatever you want to call it, the inside job of 9-11. And we learned later that, of course, if you hadn't known anything about Islam, that Islam was not a uh, promoter of that, that Muslims were not believers in acts of terrorism any more than Christians were. And if Christian nations can bomb other nations, then what's the big difference between, uh, you know, the blowback that that causes from the Muslim world? So I'm here tonight to tell you that I'm not a supporter of either. I'm not really a defender of either. I'm not really here to tell you that I am a Muslim and I don't like Christians or something like that. You know, you could perhaps interpret that from my words. I'm here to talk to you tonight about the reason that there are protests in Iran and the reason that people have been sentenced to death and the reason that other people have been given prison sentences extending beyond a decade. The protesters in Iran have been on the streets every day since September 16th. It's been about a month. The reason they've been on the street is because of a girl named Masa Amini, a 22-year-old woman who was arrested by the country's morality police in Tehran for allegedly not complying with Iran's dress code for women. Now, I can tell you firsthand, I've spoken to Muslim women before. Muslim women believe, the ones that I've spoken to, I have a really good friend from Saudi Arabia, and she's told me she can choose to wear her head piece or not. Um, in some parts of Saudi Arabia, she can do that as well. In most parts, of course, you can get in a lot of trouble for that. Uh, you can get in a lot of trouble for spending time privately with a man who you're not married to. Um, but she said it's not as strict as your Western media would portray it. And when she came over here to the States, uh, I met her in Boise, Idaho. Uh, we became really good friends. And she told me that she chooses to wear it sometimes and chooses not to wear it other times. So it's not that ingrained of a belief for her. And she told me that she sometimes decides to wear it because it's, well, it's kind of comfortable. 
and it makes her feel more secure and safe. Now, traditionally, the reason that women wear these headscarves is because, uh, well, it's particularly for their, their husbands, so other men don't look at them and gawk at them and hit on them and come after them and things like that, right? So at least on the surface, you could kind of understand that, that point, um, especially if you're a jealous guy. You don't want someone looking at your woman. You could at least understand the reason that, uh, that women have traditionally worn these, these headdresses and these, um, this type of clothing. Now, in Iran, it's very strict. It might even be more strict in Iran than it is in parts of Saudi Arabia. I don't know. I've never been there. This is just what I've heard from people that don't work for the media. So when you have this headdress on, it represents um, modesty. And it represents that you are um, attempting to uh, not stand out. Now, from the Western perspective, that's oppression. But as my friend from Saudi Arabia told me, from the Middle Eastern perspective, women dancing around in bikinis with their butts and their boobs hanging out is exploitation. And that's actually another form of oppression. You don't have to agree with that, but at least you could perhaps hopefully understand the perspective. I see both perspectives. I can see why women in Iran are burning their headscarves. I can see why women in Iran are kissing random men in the street and posting it to social media, which is unheard of in Iran. I can see why people are protesting in Iran. But I can also see why, from the point of view of traditionalists, using women to sell products and using the female body to uh, make profit, you know, whether that's, let's say, OnlyFans or whatever it might be, even if it's your choice, that can be seen. And I totally see it from this point of view as well. I'm, I'm a 50-50 split here. That can be seen as extremely oppressive and it's extremely exploitative of the woman. And it shows a lack of respect for the woman. I can see both sides of that spectrum. I'm not sure what you see. If you have an opinion, I would love to hear from you at rdgable at yahoo.com, tstradio at protonmail.com is the other email. So protesters have been out in the streets protesting since the September 16th death of Masa Amini, 22-year-old girl who died in custody. She was arrested by the morality police in Tehran for allegedly not complying with Iran's dress code. That's coming directly from uh, news sources in Tehran, Iran, and that particular article is from Al Jazeera. Now, the CNBC article I have from earlier this morning says this, Iran's judiciary issued three more death sentences to people who were involved in anti-government protests following the death of a woman who allegedly broke the country's strict headscarf rules. This is according to the judiciary website Mizan or Mizan online. This comes after Iran's Revolutionary Court issued its first death sentence this weekend, this past weekend, due to involvement in anti-regime protests. The unnamed prisoner in this first death sentence that was handed down was given the charge after being accused of setting fire to a government building, disturbing public order, committing a crime against national security, and for being, quote, an enemy of God and corruption on earth, end quote. I don't agree with the death sentence per se, despite the fact that they will be able to appeal it. It's not totally dictatorial and it's not totally oppressive, if you will. They can still appeal it, whether that has any purpose or meaning 
is yet to be seen. But let me read you that again. This is what the first death sentence was handed down for. It wasn't that you're just simply protesting. It was that you were burning a government building, disturbing the public order, committing a crime against national security. And, and I mean, it's kind of humorous, but they take their religion very seriously, being an enemy of God and corruption on earth. I don't know about you, but for those of you listening in Portland, Seattle, maybe even here in Tucson, Arizona, that kind of sounds like some of the stuff that goes on in our cities, doesn't it? Burning government buildings, disturbing the public order, committing crimes against, well, not national security, but committing crimes against humanity, committing crimes against uh, law-abiding citizens. Kind of sounds like stuff that happens in American cities. Um, And I actually kind of like the way that the Iran Revolutionary Court summed it up. You are an enemy of God and you are corruption of the earth if you are doing these things. However, we have to also understand that perhaps people are doing these things because the Iranian regime is so incredibly oppressive that people don't have any other choice. And that brings me to the major point tonight in the broadcast, the major core, the major central pillar, uh, the, uh, the megalith, if you will. And that is perspective. Have you ever seen that movie Ratatouille? And after all the hype about this new chef at the restaurant, Anton Ego comes in and he says, yes, I would like, after reading much about your new chef, I would like some fresh perspective, some well-seasoned, well-cooked perspective. Perspective. That's what I would like. Let's try to process what happens in Iran as opposed to what happens in the United States. What's happening in Iran is a result of very strict religious government control of the people. However, if somebody is burning a government building, if someone is committing a crime that is very spelled out, then you could at least understand why the Iranian government would respond the way that they are. If they were totally barbaric and totally evil, they would probably just execute all of the protesters, which is what the mainstream media has consistently and falsely, might I add, reported that 15,000 people have been sentenced to death, that's not true. Only a handful of people have been sentenced to death for doing, in some cases, really terrible things. But then the question is, can you blame them for doing those terrible things, considering how oppressive the Iranian government really is? But then again, how oppressive is the Iranian government? Because based on what we hear, based on what we see, based on what we've learned in the last 20 years about places like Iran, or if you're older, 30, 35 years, We know that Iran is oppressive. We know that a lot of Middle Eastern countries are quite barbaric. But we also know a lot of those countries don't look the way that we were shown by the George Bush media. A lot of these places like Tehran are actually kind of beautiful cities. And the people there are beautiful. uh, And the people there are just like you. And they're just like me. And they just want to have, you know, have a life. And they want to live their life. Same thing with the people in Israel that don't want to deal with the radical extremist terrorist government that runs that country. So they're just like you. They're just like me. Now, when someone is in Portland and burning a building, disturbing the public order or committing a crime against a lot of different things, in my opinion, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the things that have gone on in Portland, those people are a corruption of the earth. If you've done the things that you've done and you've been bailed out of prison and you've been given slaps on the wrist and sent back on the street by prosecutors or by judges, et cetera, because you're part of some revolutionary movement, um, 
I think you're a corruption of the earth. I'd actually agree with Iran's revolutionary court on that. And I like that language. You are a corruption of the earth. All the people that get to do whatever they want to do with no consequence and they get to harm law-abiding citizens and destroy property and they get to loot and riot and they get to attack innocent people and they get coddled and they get bailed out. They are a corruption of the earth. I agree with that. I would apply that to what's happening in Seattle, what's happening in Portland, what's happening in Baltimore, Washington, and even here in Tucson, Arizona, in the great American Southwest. However, from their point of view, they're fighting patriarchy. They're fighting white supremacy. They're fighting evil. They're fighting, ironically, against a system that they say they hate, but it's a system that, ironically, coddles them Because most of those rioters and protesters, as we've seen, are almost exclusively white. So you're claiming that you are part of a of a revolutionary group by instinct, by action to fight against white supremacy and patriarchy, claiming that white people have some kind of privilege. Then you demonstrate your actual white privilege by not being arrested. And if you are, you're put right back on the street to continue to riot, to loot, to steal, etc. It doesn't. It doesn't um, come off as anything except ironic and hilarious. It's very ironic. But you can at least understand where those people are coming from. They have been brainwashed to think that they are fighting against some oppressive system. Now, take those same people and put them in a place like Iran. If you apparently do the things that people in Portland have done, you are a corruption of the earth, an enemy of God, which I still maintain that I agree with that sentiment. Uh, and you are disturbing the public order, burning a building down, committing a crime against national security. You might not agree with the law. You might not agree with what's legal. You might not agree with their God. You might not agree with their definition of corruption or their definition of uh, violation or crime against national security, but you can at least perhaps see where the state is coming from. Now, in the United States, you have not seen these kinds of reactions. More irony. White people saying they hate white supremacy and they have white privilege, so they're trying to fight it. And then they exercise their white privilege by not going to jail, by getting bailed out of jail, by not being prosecuted. And then they're fighting an oppressive system that refuses to actually oppress them. They are actually being protected in most cases by police that allow them to do these things because, well, we're not Iran. I see quite a bit of irony there. However, The irony balloons into something almost too delicious. It's too rich. It's way too rich to even take um, a single nibble of. And that is the fact that the reason these protests spawned in Iran in the first place was because Masa Amini, the 22-year-old woman, was arrested because she didn't want to wear a headscarf. So all of the upper middle class, largely white women, as Bill Burr said, who have thrown their Gucci boots over the fence of oppression, all the bougie white women who go to universities at $30,000 a semester who tell you they're oppressed and then 98% of universities vote Democrat because they want abortion on demand because they believe their rights have been taken away. I have an idea for you. Before you vote in the next election, get on a plane and fly to Iran and see how far you can get. Because if you don't wear the headscarf in Iran, you're probably going to end up in police custody. You're probably going to end up dead like a meanie. You're probably going to end up, I don't know, in some places they still stone people. But I'm sorry, as a white woman who drinks $10 cups of coffee in the morning going to a $30,000 a year university, it's not that 
you know, you are oppressed because you're in the top 1% roughly of the world. It's not that you're oppressed because you're in roughly the top 1% of any given city that you're in. Uh, You're oppressed because you can't have abortion on demand after 24 weeks or after 15 weeks. That's real oppression, isn't it, ladies? You want to talk about real oppression? Go to Saudi Arabia. Go to Iran. And this is the thing that doesn't really make any sense to me. Justin Trudeau, who just got hilariously dressed down by head commie Xi Jinping Pooh Bear. Let me take a drink of tea here. Justin Trudeau condemned the protests in Iran. Oh, he said they were they were a violation of human rights. And turns out his condemnation of the protests was a promotion of disinformation because he shared information on Twitter about 15,000 people being sentenced to death. Turns out that's not true. And although he's condemning, get this, he's condemning what's happening in Iran, he refuses to condemn what's happening in China, which, more irony, folks, China and Iran, according to Amnesty International, are first and second, China number one, Iran number two, for the most number, or the highest number, the most number of recorded executions. So let me try to get this straight. China leads the world in political executions, particularly of dissenters and protesters. We don't even know how many people are executed in that country. They execute people for meditating in the park, Fulangong. However, Iran is number two, and Justin Trudeau will condemn Iran, falsely, by the way, but he won't condemn China and says he wants to be like Xi Jinping and then gets yelled at by Xi Jinping at a government summit a few days ago, which was absolutely hilarious. He's a joke. Both of them, actually, both of them are a joke. So can you help me figure this out? Trudeau hates oppression and he's a believer in human rights only if human rights are being violated in Iran. If they're being violated in China, he can't say anything about that. That's a massive double standard. Likewise, the White House. The White House has condemned the death sentences for protesters in Iran, while simultaneously the White House has said, both the president and Jean-Pierre, that if you disagree with the Biden administration, you are a terrorist, you are a Nazi, you are an extremist. Which is even more ironic, considering the fact that he has an approval rating of about 38-40%, which puts him in the minority, which according to Jean-Pierre, Jean-Pierre, makes him an extremist. I hope that you see the irony in all of this. Jake Sullivan, President Biden's top national security advisor, says we are deeply concerned about reports from Iran of mass arrests, sham trials, and now a death sentence for protesters voicing legitimate demands against a government that systematically denies basic dignity and freedom to its people. (laughs) Are you kidding me? They basically just described, Sullivan just described the Biden administration. It is truly unbelievable. We're going to pick up with that when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. You're listening to the broadcast Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific on Ground Zero Dot Radio on the Aftermath FM app right after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. Or you are listening to us in the Secret Teachings archive. If that's the case, scroll down to the bottom. Leave us a review on one of the podcast radio players. If you want to get the ad-free version of the show, check us out at www.thesecretteachings.info. There's a lot more after this right here on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. Don't go anywhere.
The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. From Ground Zero to the Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. If you'd like to hear more of the Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. According to reports out of Iran, 15,000 protesters have not been sentenced to death. Turns out all of the social media and the mainstream media hype, all manufactured. Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, he said that 15,000 people were sentenced to death in Iran. And here's the quote, Canada denounces the Iran regime's barbaric decision to impose the death penalty on nearly 15,000 protesters. Turns out Justin Trudeau was sharing disinformation or misinformation. Turns out Justin Trudeau, he shared something that, well, it should have been blocked, canceled, banned, and he should have his account suspended on Twitter, but that won't happen. I find it interesting that Justin Trudeau can condemn the barbaric treatment of protesters in Iran They're not sentencing 15,000 people to death. They've sentenced a handful of people to death who can also appeal those decisions. Whether that appeal means anything or not is up for debate, perhaps. But of course, Justin Trudeau is the one who instructed his government, along with the corporations that work with it as part of the New World Order stakeholder capitalism and the ESG, to cut off funding from the protesters that came to the Capitol looking to lift the COVID-19 vaccine mandates and other mandates. They had their bank accounts shut off. They had their funding cut off. They were, in some cases, 
physically oppressed by police that would arrest people, even if they weren't protesters, for walking into areas to buy cups of coffee that were considered red zones in the city. They called the truckers Nazis. They said that the honking of the horns was equivalent to Sieg Heil. <laughs> Literally, the honking of the horns was basically saying Sieg Heil, Sieg Heil. But Justin Trudeau condemns the barbarism of Iran. Now, I wonder if Justin Trudeau also condemns the barbarism of Somalia, which literally has slave trade auctions in 2021, 2022, we've seen. I wonder if Justin Trudeau condemns China. Probably not anytime soon. He just got dressed down by Xi Jinping at the, well, one of the global government G20-like summits where uh, Xi Jinping told him uh, as top head commie, uh, I don't like the way that you share information. I don't like the way that you told the public about our conversation. And even Trudeau's trying to save face. Well, in our country, we believe in, we believe in freedom of speech. And, and Xi Jinping just slaps and shakes his head and yells at him and then walks away. <laughs> you see who's really in charge, huh? Well, get this. Right behind China... Iran holds the second place for the most number of recorded executions, traditionally, historically. That's according to Amnesty International. Now, there's a lot of irony here. The first ironic thing is Trudeau will tell Iran that he condemns what they're doing. Our White House, President Joe Biden, and his top national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, condemn what Iran is doing to protesters, suppressing their right to protest suppressing their right to free speech. I mean, these are all ironic things in and of themselves. But neither the Biden administration nor the Trudeau administration condemn China. Once again, we have that weird statistical thing with numbers where the numbers just don't make any sense, right? Like, for example, you can, if you're, if you're Joseph Stalin, you can murder 28 to 33 million people conservatively. Muslims, Christians, Jews, whatever. And nobody really remembers who you are. But if you're Hitler and you kill about 6 to 11 million, roughly, then you're the most evil person who ever lived on planet Earth. If you're Mao, Mao Zedong, you can kill 65 million people, 45 million by, quote, accident of a famine that was manufactured. Nobody even knows who you are. And if they do, they love you. Same kind of a thing here. China leads the world in recorded executions. I'm sure they really padded their numbers during the communist revolution. Iran is number two in the world for recorded executions, at least of countries that Amnesty International looks at. So the first piece of irony is Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden won't condemn China, but they'll condemn Iran. They won't condemn China, but they'll condemn Iran. They won't condemn China, but they'll condemn Iran, although Iran is number two and China is number one. So I'm having trouble grasping this concern and the numbers here. I guess two is bigger than one now. And one is the loneliest number, right? So Amnesty International has said some other stuff recently. Amnesty International has said that the Ukrainians have been parking their military equipment next to sensitive places like, I don't know, where children play, where people are in the hospital. And then when the Russians strike those military targets, oh no, 
they attacked the hospital. They're so evil. Even in Amnesty International, a super left-wing publication, on average, says, yeah, actually, Ukraine is invoking those attacks on the hospitals and schools by basically parking military vehicles on the playground. Oops. Ukraine, Zelensky, lied to the entire world this week and said that a missile hit Poland from Russia. Turns out it was a Russian missile, but the Ukrainians fired it, and it accidentally hit Poland. They were aiming for a Russian missile. Well, whether it was an accident or whether it was intentional, that's an act of aggression and an act of war on a NATO ally. And the United States of America, if they truly believe, if our Biden administration White House truly believes in what they say about the NATO alliance, then we should immediately declare war on Ukraine and we should send troops into Ukraine to remove Zelensky from power because he attacked Poland. Well, it was a mistake. Well, even when they said Russia struck Poland, they also said that was a mistake, but it doesn't matter because of the NATO agreement. Even so, the NATO agreement has to be carried out within the constitutions of each individual country. They don't tell you that. They just say, oh, no, Article 5, that means we're going to go to war. Article 4, that means we give them more money, which they did give them more money after we found out about the Democrat money laundering scandal with FTX and Zelensky. $37 more billion, $9 billion for pandemic relief, $48 billion total. They've now asked Congress for in the last 24 to 48 hours, 48 hours. So why are people protesting in Iran to begin with? Shall we address that issue? People are protesting in Iran because of a young girl, 22 years old. Her name is Masa Amini. And I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Masa Amini. 22-year-old woman. She was arrested by the, quote, morality police in Tehran. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about morality police, but I don't know. I might want morality police before I'd want thought police. But I guess it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Morality police because she refused to comply with Iran's dress code for women. Uh, I think that if we look at Iran and then we look at the United States, maybe we could find kind of a, a middle ground. You know, rather than in Iran making people by force and by threat of death wear things they don't want to wear, and in the United States people walk down the street half naked, and then get upset when you're wondering what's happening, uh, maybe we could find some middle ground between these two. Between the thought police and the morality police, maybe we could just have some kind of, I don't know, civility and respect for self and respect for others. People used to wear nice clothing when they went to restaurants and when they went on planes. Now people just go in their underwear. And in places like San Francisco, I've seen people just literally don't even put clothes on anymore. Places like Portland. That is cultural and social de-evolution. I'm not saying we need a morality police, but I think we need to go a little bit in that direction, and I think Iran needs to come back in our direction a little bit. I think we can find balance there. But again, that's the irony of it. If you're a girl in Iran, and you decide, as some of the women there are, that you're going to kiss a random boy, and you're going to post that on social media, and you're going to burn your headscarf, kind of like burning your brawl because you feel oppressed by the Iranian government regime, which according to uh, 
CNBC News, it's the first time that protesters in Iran are not protesting about a specific economic or political issue, but they are protesting the Islamic Republic itself. That's according to Vali Nasser, professor at the School of Advanced International Studies at Johns Hopkins University. I mean, do we really believe anything that comes out of Johns Hopkins? But if you're going to take that uh, on the surface at face value, they're protesting against the Iranian regime itself. And as a result of this, the Iranian regime has cracked down on protests like you would expect any government to do. And they have handed down a handful of death sentences And as barbaric as that sounds, the reason they handed these death sentences down are very specific. So it's not like they just pointed out in a crowd, you, 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 and you, you die. That does happen. People disappear in the United States for the same reason. There are people in dark holes who were in Washington, D.C. on January 6th who have not been able to see a lawyer in some cases and who have not gone to trial yet. They are political prisoners of the Biden administration. Yet the only human rights abuses that take place have to be in Iran, right? They're not even in China. They're not even in Somalia. They're just in Iran. They're not in India. They're not in Israel. They're just in Iran. So three prisoners have been issued death sentences that they are able to appeal, according to Reuters. The first death sentence was handed out on Sunday this week, or I should say this previous week. The reason for the death sentence was that the prisoner, unnamed, was accused of setting fire to a government building, disturbing public order, committing a crime against national security, and for being an enemy of God and corruption on earth. That's a quote, an enemy of God and corruption on earth. Now, I had to check the article, honestly. I thought this was a report out of Portland or out of San Francisco, or Seattle, or Baltimore, or Los Angeles, or Tucson, or uh, New York. Turns out it was actually from around the world. It was in Iran. And so the Iranian government handed out a death sentence to this individual. You can understand why they would do that, perhaps, specifically because of these crimes. You could understand, perhaps, why... uh, They would attempt to be swift in that action, although we would disagree in the more liberal-minded part of the world that they should undergo trial and they should uh, face their accuser and all that kind of stuff, due process of law. They do get to appeal it, although how far does that appeal go, we don't know. And then you have to wonder, at the same time, you you can understand how the government is taking that stance. You can also understand why the protesters are protesting. So... It really just becomes a matter of what side you want to take in the debate. And our media has taken the side that Iran is evil and that Iran needs to be dealt with and that Iran is treating their citizens barbarically and they're executing people. And turns out much of what the media shared about Iran this last week or so, turns out that was all made up too. Just like the ghost of Kiev, just like Snake Island, just like uh, Miss Ukraine with the paintball or pellet gun, she was going to fight. Yeah, you're going to really push back Russians with a paintball gun or a pellet gun or whatever it was that she had, an airsoft gun. You know, all the fake stories out of, out of Ukraine, all President Zelensky and military fatigues. Actually, that was a photo shoot for something else. That was, he used to be an actor. So the media pushed all these fake narratives about Ukraine, 
all those fake narratives about Iraq and Afghanistan and the weapons of mass destruction and Saddam Hussein and the babies and the incubators and all this kind of stuff. And that was all fake, too. Uh, they push fake information about weather when you see, you know, weather uh, reporters in ditches filled with water. And then you see people walking by with their dogs and the wind isn't even blowing. Uh, and then, of course, they shared all this fake information about Iran. They sentenced 15,000 people to death. Actually, they didn't. It's more like under 15 people have been sentenced to death. Um, now, they've issued over a thousand indictments related to the pro uh, protests, but those indictments are not death sentences. They're indictments. You know what an indictment is. Iran's judiciary issued three death sentences to people involved in anti-government protests following the death of this woman who broke the country's headscarf rules. Then they handed out uh, the first death sentence right before that. So they've handed out a couple. I think it's like four this week. And again, this is supposed to be a protest just against the general government itself of Iran. It's not necessarily an economic or political issue, or so we're told by a professor from Johns Hopkins University. I don't know if you can trust them at all. Iran does hold the second place marker for the most recorded executions, according to Amnesty International. Right behind China, that holds the number one marker. Iran Human Rights reported that 333 people were executed in 2021. 14 of those 333 people were women. I'm assuming the rest were men. I don't think the same kind of thing that happens in our libraries and schools here happens in Iran. So I'd assume that the remainder of the people were men. Now, one would wonder why the United States government and the Canadian government would condemn Iran for those human rights abuses, but would not condemn China for their human rights abuses. One might wonder that. I'm one of those people. I'm wondering that right now. I'm wandering through the news in my mind, and I'm trying to figure out, I'm wondering as I'm wondering why they won't condemn China. Justin Trudeau posted... Canada denounces the Iranian regime's barbaric decision to impose the death penalty on nearly 15,000 protesters. These brave Iranians were fighting for their human rights, and we continue to stand united in support of them and united against the regime's heinous acts. Turns, down, uh, turns out it was taken down by Justin Trudeau because the 15,000 protesters that were supposedly sentenced to death weren't actually sentenced to death. That was what some might call fake news. That was manufactured. That was made up. That was a lie. That was disinformation and or misinformation. But it gets juicier because the Biden White House and Biden's top national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, condemned the death sentences in the Iranian court against the one protester from Sunday, saying that the U.S. stands with those demonstrating in Iran. They also stand with those rioting in Portland. And ironically, Sullivan said this. Listen to this and see if this sounds like Iran or if this sounds like the United States. We are deeply concerned about reports from Iran of mass arrests. This could likewise be, I don't know, another country, maybe like Iran, that says we are deeply concerned about reports from the United States of mass arrests. It goes on. Mass arrests, sham trials, <laughs> and now a death sentence for protesters voicing legitimate demands against a government that systematically denies basic dignity and freedom to its people. Well, that's really ignorant to say that, because for a lot of Muslim women and a lot of Muslim men, 
you can say it's brainwashing. You can also say that women in bikinis and selling, uh, you know, food and selling trucks and things like that. That's also very oppressive and part of the brainwashing from youth. That's part of the culture. But you can say that in Iran, that's just conditioning. But some people believe that. Most, most of the people that wear those things, whether it's conditioning or not, a lot of them believe and a lot of them by choice choose to wear those things because they believe it, res- it respects their body and it preserves their dignity and it prevents other people from gawking at them and, 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 um, and uh, you know, hitting on them and coming after them when they're already taken when they're married. You can understand, hopefully, that point of view. Other women don't want to do that, so they burn their headscarf and they kiss random men in the street and all that. And you can also understand that point of view. When Jake Sullivan says, we're concerned about the mass arrests, we're concerned about the sham trials, I can't think of anything except January 6th. The sham trials of January 6th. Yes, Trump jumped from the back of the limousine to the front and he pulled that wheel and said, we're going downtown. You know, that kind of stuff. And I'm not even a Trump supporter. I just find the testimonies to be absolutely ridiculous. And then the mass arrests, they've arrested so many people, just like the communists did in 1976, January 8th of 1976, when peaceful protesters showed up to Tiananmen Square to protest peacefully the death of a former communist leader who was a moderate who was trying to help reduce the extreme actions of Mao and his, his government and his party. And as a result of that, they were tracked down in schools. They were tracked down in business. They were arrested. They were made to undergo struggle sessions, and some people were executed. Sounds kind of like what's happened in the United States. Sham trials. I don't know, like the Alex Jones trial. That's kind of a sham trial. Uh, I don't know, the January 6th hearing, that's kind of a sham trial. They're Soviet-style trials is what they are. And now a death sentence. Now, the U.S. might not be handing out death sentences, but when you put people in prison as political prisoners and they don't see their lawyers and they don't see a camera to tell their story and they don't see the light of day for months and months and months and years and years and years, that's a political prisoner. That's one step under just executing them. So what the Biden White House has done is not much different. In fact, in some ways, it is identical to what is being done in Iran. But if China and the United States do it, it's okay. If Iran does it, it's wrong and evil. If Trudeau cuts off funding, fuel, and food from protesters, prevents people from earning a living by making an experimental shot part of their condition of employment, by force of government, fines, and jail, that's okay. But if Iran arrests somebody because they burned their headscarf and broke the country's laws, they're an evil country. Now, you might still believe that, but if you're a rational person, you have to admit that what Trudeau did to those truckers and what the Biden administration have do- has done to this country, left and right, doesn't matter your politics, you'd have to acknowledge that Well, Canada, the U.S., and Iran all have pretty barbaric governments that act in heinous ways. You'd also have to admit, if you're being honest with yourself, you're not totally delusional, that China, while everybody else is fighting, China is worse than all of them, possibly combined. They lead the world in executions, you know, like their rebounds, you know, like their three-pointers, like their assists. They lead 
the world in executions. But the West, particularly Canada and the U.S., won't condemn China. They'll condemn Iran, however. Does that make any sense to you? Masa Amini, this young girl, 22 years old, you can understand why she would not wear her headscarf. But we don't know the whole story. Maybe she forgot it. Maybe something else happened that we can't think of. Maybe they put their knee on her neck, or maybe she died of fentanyl. Whatever happened, Amini was a young girl who died in police custody. If I had to guess, I'd say they probably executed her. That would be my guess. That's barbaric. But based on conditioning and brainwashing and the cruelty of the Iranian government, you could understand why they might do that. Is it wrong? Probably so. Yeah, it's, it's wrong. But you could understand why they do it. Could you understand why some women choose to wear those scarves? Not because they're afraid of that's what's going to happen to them, but because they like what it represents. Dignity and self-respect. You might disagree with that. You might say, well, if I want to put my tits out, I'll put my tits out. That's fine. You can do that. But understand that there's another way to look at it. A lot of women see that as oppressive. They see that as undignified, disrespectful to yourself and to your partner. They see that as wrong and immoral. I'm inclined to agree with them. I'm also inclined to agree that I don't think women should be forced to wear headscarves. I can see both sides of the argument. I think that in the middle somewhere, we can find balance. As much as I'm not a Christian, I do tend to appreciate and respect the way that Christians tend to dress. Suits, nice pants, nice shirt, women that wear dresses or women that take care of themselves. I like that. I try to do that myself. I find that to be a matter of self-respect that has nothing to do with anybody else around me. I find that if you, it's not that if you wear sweatpants, you're a bad person. That's not what I'm saying. But have some self-respect. That doesn't mean you have to wear a headscarf, it doesn't mean you have to, you know, do the opposite and pop your tits out. But, you know, there's a middle ground here, right? There's got to be a middle ground here. I'm thinking there's a middle ground. I'm hoping there's a middle ground. <laughs> you know, I hope there's a middle ground. I hope that those of you listening can understand where I'm coming from. It's just so ironic when the U.S. and Canada condemn Iran, but then do the same things that Iran is doing up to the point of basically executing people. That's, that's where the U.S. stops. Although we socially execute people through canceling and censoring and labeling everybody who disagrees terrorists and Nazis and white supremacists. I mean, that's basically the equivalent of execution. It might even be worse than execution because you have to live in that environment. You don't just get to go to heaven. But nobody wants to condemn China. I'll condemn China. I condemn China here on The Secret Teachings tonight, November 17th, 2022, and I condemn the whole of the communist regime anywhere it exists as a tentacle of Cthulhu anywhere in the world. I condemn communism. I spit on communism. I spit on communists, and I condemn communists. I've condemned them. Why can't Biden do it? Why can't Trudeau do it? Because they work for them. It's, it's that simple. But they don't work for Iran. So if Iran does something wrong, then... They're going to go after Iran, which is also ironic. A lot of irony here tonight. Really ironic because Iranians tend to have darker skin. And I thought we were supposed to support people with darker skin. 
I thought we were supposed to listen to people with darker skin. Well, that is unless you're Kanye West, Kyrie Irving, or if you're Dave Chappelle. If you're any of those three successful, intelligent black men, you don't get to talk. They get to censor you and then tell you what they said. Just like the media the night before last, not broadcasting the Trump speech and then telling you the next day what he said and what was wrong. Censorship. Shutting down the trucker protests. Having sham trials for radio hosts. Jake Sullivan accuses Iran of all this while the U.S. government is actively engaged in precisely the same thing. Funny how it all works, isn't it? I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. rdgable at yahoo.com, tstradio at protonmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, tst underscore underscore radio. You can listen to the show five nights a week, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific on groundzero.radio on the Aftermath FM app. Check us out for free, The Secret Teachings, any radio podcast player, or buy my books and subscribe at thesecretteachings.info. More after this. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info if you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year check out one of my four books for the holiday season occult arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore the technological elixir looks at ufos demonology in the music industry and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food philosophy explores food industry propaganda, advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. Hello. Hello, folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call out to the fall back to me. 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi everyone, this is Mark Passio and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. to the secret teachings i'm your host ryan gable has iran actually sentenced 15,000 protesters to death no just another false story planted by the media to drum up support and opposition to iran to the benefit of other middle eastern countries that shall be unnamed Turns out they've only sentenced a handful of people to death for breaking a lot of laws. There have been a thousand indictments. Otherwise, the death sentences can be appealed. But what does that really mean? Even in the United States, you can appeal a rigged decision. Doesn't mean that it's going to have any effect. By the way, the music is White Bat Audio. If you're interested in the music that we play, that's White Bat Audio. I try to change up the bumpers on occasion. That is White Bat Audio on YouTube. So they didn't actually execute 15,000 protesters, and they didn't actually sentence 15,000 protesters to death. I think that Justin Trudeau should be kicked off of Twitter for that because he shared false information. He quickly pulled the tweet down, however. And I also think that any media outlet that shared this information should be fined, and I think they should be censored, and I think they should be put in Facebook jail, because that's only fair, right? Don't they believe in fairness and equality? Or is it rules for you to follow, and they don't have to follow those rules? Do as they say, not as they do. For those of you who don't know, or if you're just joining us, the reason that people are protesting in Iran that there's any death sentences, that there's any indictments against people in Iran, is that a 22-year-old woman, Masa Amini, was walking down the street and decided she wasn't going to wear her headscarf. A little more complicated than that, but in essence, she refused to wear her headscarf in public. As a result, she was arrested for not complying with Iran's dress code for women, and then she died in police custody. Pretty suspicious. She may have been raped. She may have been murdered by the police. They may have given her an overdose of fentanyl and then claimed that they accidentally put their knee on her neck with no damage in the autopsy of anything to the neck. But that's neither here nor there. They probably did execute her because she broke the law. And uh, that led to massive protests. Now, what exactly is the law, though, in Iran? Well, they don't like women to not cover their heads. Why is that? We think that's barbaric, don't we? We think that's really wrong, don't we? Don't we think that it's wrong that a woman should have to forcibly cover her head? Don't we think that it's wrong that a largely male regime, a religious and political system forces women to cover 
their heads? Don't you think that that's oppressive and wrong? But where does that actually come from? Well, it comes from the idea that women should respect themselves and that women are prized and that women should not show their feminine features. That's one interpretation of it. You might think that's nonsense, but some women believe that. And for the women that believe that, what harm is there? On the other side of the ocean and the world, you have women that believe it is only dignified if they show their butt and they show their breasts and that they show everything. Uh, You know, as the rapper Tom McDonald said in uh, one of his songs, he said something to the effect of, you know, women fought for equal rights. They didn't fight for you to have the right to show your butthole on OnlyFans. So there's a middle ground here. There's a difference between using a woman's body to sell, I don't know, uh, fragrances or cars or boats or food and forcing women to wear headscarves to go out in public or to stay home unless they go out with a man. These are ancient practices. And they have reasons of which, although there are many definitions and explanations for why this is done in places like Iran and Saudi Arabia and other parts of the Middle East, they've become different today, particularly because part of the Muslim world has been hijacked and part of the Muslim faith has been perverted by Wahhabism and by other evil Sabbatian, Frankist ideologies that much like they did with Judaism and even Christianity, they've inverted Islamic tradition and Islamic teachings and what Muhammad reportedly actually taught. Uh, That doesn't mean, because I just said that out loud, that I'm a Muslim. I'm not a Muslim. I'm also not a Christian, and I'm also not a Jew. I see that all three major world religions have a triune component to them. There is Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. There is Gnosticism, Sufism, and the Kabbalah, and the rich mystical history of the Jewish tradition. Then there is radical right-wing, end-of-the-world, I-want-Armageddon Christian radicals. There are fundamentalist, terrorist Muslims And there are radical Zionist political Jews who are Jews by no definition except by name. And when Kyrie Irving or when Dave Chappelle or when Kanye West point this out, they are condemned and their skin color doesn't get them any more points because black woman or male trans or not doesn't have anything on the Jewish identity on the totem pole and the hierarchy of what is considered acceptable and what's not acceptable. So going to Iran and seeing that the Iranians force the women to wear the headscarves, some women agree with that. Some only agree because it's the law. In other cases, some choose to break the law. And that's equally understandable. And they burn their headscarves. And as a result of this 22-year-old girl being arrested and dying Probably, probably mysteriously. Uh, I think they probably killed her. That would be my opinion. I don't know for sure, though. People have been out protesting every day, thousands of people. But they have not condemned thousands of people to death. They've 
indicted a thousand people, roughly. I think the number is like a thousand fifty or something like that. Maybe a thousand. It's like no, it's a thousand twenty-five here. Iran's judiciary announced a thousand twenty-four indictments as of last week. That's reported as of this morning from CNBC News. Uh, but they have, I would assume, they've indicted more people since then. Uh, they handed out a death sentence on Sunday, and then three more prisoners, new death sentences. These can be appealed. The one death sentence was handed out because the person was burning a government building, trying to burn it down, disturbing public order, committing a crime against national security, and being, quote, an enemy of God and a corruption on earth, which I kind of find that almost funny because uh, there's a lot of corruption on earth that exists in major cities in the United States as well. So let's let's take a look at Christianity, shall we? I've gotten in a lot of trouble by some really radical listeners before because I've read this Bible verse. I'm sorry, I read the Bible. Oops. 1 Corinthians 11, 2 through 16. Head coverings. Ah, it's in the Bible too. Weird. Now I commend you because you remember me and everything and maintain the traditions even as I delivered them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ and the head of a wife is her husband. And the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovers dishonors her head since it is the same as if her head were shaving. For if a wife will not cover her head, then she should cut her hair short. But since it is disgraceful for a wife to cut off her hair or shave her head, let her cover her head. Huh. That's not the Quran. That's 1 Corinthians 11.2 through, I didn't read the full thing, 11.2 through 6. It goes on, though, if you'd like me to go on. For a man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. That is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor man of woman. For as woman was made from man, so man is now born of woman, and all things are from God. And it says, judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a wife to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does it not nature itself teach, or does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace for him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her glory, for her hair is given to her for a covering. If anyone is inclined to be contentious, we have no such pray, uh, practice, nor do the churches of God. There's a lot going on there. In other words, the word of God is saying that a woman has long hair to cover herself because it's in nature that she have dignity and respect for herself. We don't see a lot of that in the Western world, do we? We see boobs, we see butts, we see a lot of things that, you know, I don't know, 30 years ago you'd expect to only see in a Playboy spread. I don't want to hear the stuff about, well, women can wear whatever they want. You can. I don't care what you wear. You know, for most men, they don't care because it's, you know, free looks, free, free eye candy. That's not what I'm saying. Same with a man. I don't care if you have short hair, long hair. I don't care what you have. What, what does that matter to me? I don't care. What I'm saying is, if we're looking at a country like Iran and we're telling the people we know, our friends and our family, we're having these conversations about the horrible things happening in Iran all over a head covering that a woman refused to wear, the only difference between Iran and the Muslim world 
and the United States and the Christian world, if you will, is that these laws are cemented. Muslims tend to be strict adherence to their holy book. Christians, not so much. If you were, then you would be covering your woman's head, your wife's head, in the presence of yourself and in the presence of God. That's what the Bible says to do. Or am I reading the wrong testament? Because that's usually what I'm told. Well, Corinthians, I mean, you know, that's a different, there's a different testament, okay? You know, Old Testament, New Testament, these, it's different, okay? Well, it doesn't matter. It's still in the Bible. I'm going to hammer this point home until the nail goes through the other side of the, of the plank. 1 Corinthians 11, 2 through 16 says a woman should cover her head. Now, I don't know what else to say about that. I can over and over and over again read it to you. I bet you, I bet you, that I'm going to challenge you to this. I bet you that you cannot go pick up a Quran, go to Barnes & Noble, go online, go pick up a Quran, and because I've read the Bible. So I remember this Bible verse. I did look it up because I don't have the whole thing memorized completely, but I remember it's 1 Corinthians. And I pulled it up here, BibleGateway.com. I bet you, I'll give you an hour, I bet you cannot go, and I don't mean look it up online, I bet you cannot go to the Quran and skim through it and find anything within an hour or two, I'll give you a whole day. Go read the Quran, I bet you cannot find, you personally cannot find anything about covering the head. I haven't read the whole Quran, so I don't even know what's in there fully, okay? I've read a couple of chapters, and a lot of the Quran is very scientific, it talks about the creation of the world in scientific terms that are more understandable today to scientists than anything you read in Genesis. That doesn't mean I, I'm a Muslim. I'm just saying that the Quran is a much more literal scientific explanation for life. If you've read my book, Occult Arcana, uh, you, would, you would see that. You might remember that if you've read the book. I have a section on biblical and um, Quranical, if you will. Uh, science, as I called it. In fact, I might pull that up if, if, uh, if I can here. I'll try to pull that up while, while I'm talking. So 1 Corinthians says a woman has to cover her head. Let me read part of this to you again. I want you to understand, this is not me, this is God speaking, I guess. Um, I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. So a woman is headed off by her man. Now, there's another interpretation of this. If you're a Christian and you're screaming that right now into your phone or into your computer or into your radio or your stereo, I'm aware of that. I know the other interpretation of this. Okay? The man protects the woman. The woman is subservient only to the man as a female is subservient sexually as a, um, well... You know about sex, right? So you kind of get the idea. Women are more passive. Men are more aggressive. But there's also a, a parallel in other ways where those two things shift. Women are stronger in other ways. Men are stronger in some ways, etc. Every wife, it says, who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head since it is the same as if her head were shaven. For if a wife will not cover her head, then she should cut her hair short. A lot of women got that memo. But since it is disgraceful for a wife to cut off her hair or shave her head... 
let her cover her head. In other words, the Bible is saying you should cut your hair short if you're not going to cover your head, but it's a disgrace to cut off your hair because that's what makes you feminine. That's what makes you a woman. So you should cover that beautiful hair. You should cover your beautiful body and you should not just flaunt it around and use it to make money. Now, a strict Christian would see this and they would have an issue with if a woman dressed in a way they didn't like. That's their belief based on the Bible. You can interpret it however you want. Personally, I don't give a damn. I don't care. Personally, I find people that dress dignified and respectable are people that I want to be around. That's just my opinion. That's just how I feel. You don't have to agree with me. 1 Corinthians goes on, it says, For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. It goes on to say, All things are from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a wife to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace for him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her glory. That is kind of what nature teaches us, except for Samson, which is an allegory for the sun. For her hair is given to her for a covering. If anyone is inclined to be contentious, we have no such practice, nor do the churches of God. So you can do whatever you want, but the Bible is basically saying that a woman has hair so that it covers her head and it preserves her dignity and it preserves, you know, hopefully um, the respect that she should receive from other people. So she's not kind of gawked after and, you know, cat called and things like that. That's kind of the idea. And that's not in the Quran. That's in the Bible. So we got a lot of issues here when we're looking at the situation in Iran and a young woman who was arrested and then died, reportedly died in custody because she refused to wear her headscarf. In the Muslim world, that's law. In the Christian world, it's not considered law. Christians might get upset about behaviors that are considered unsavory, but I've never heard a Christian ever point out 1 Corinthians. I've never heard a Christian point out that the Bible says women should not cut their hair short, they should keep their hair long, and they should cover their heads, particularly in the presence of God when you're in church. Kind of sounds like something you might read in the Quran, but it's in the Bible. And I would love to hear your, refuta- uh, your refuting um, refutation, if you will, of what I'm saying if you're a Christian who's screaming right now at the top of your lungs at rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. So please refute what I'm saying. I have the word of God on my side. You have radical Christian beliefs that aren't based on the Bible, is what I'm assuming. So the difference, again, is that we don't have a law that says you have to cover your head. Now, I don't personally care. From my perspective, I get why Iran has these laws of morality. I also understand why people would break those laws and protest by burning their headscarves. What I don't understand is how Iran can be the second-ranked country in the world for executions. China is number one. And yet the United States and Canada won't condemn China, but they'll condemn Iran. They won't condemn Somalia, where you have black folks trafficking black folks today with slave auction blocks today, like 
recently, like not 30 years ago, like right now. They won't condemn that. They won't condemn the barbarics of the Israeli government. But they'll condemn Iran. Because there's a politically motivated reason for that. There's a long historical reason for that, that we don't have time to get into tonight. The reason they won't condemn China is because they are naked in bed with China. It's as plain and as simple simple as that. So you have a bunch of different things going on here. From the Christian world, the Christian world says that it is wrong to treat people like this, but the Bible has a different interpretation because the Bible says a woman should cover her head. She should not cut her hair because of these natural reasons. The hair or the covering is there to preserve her dignity. I get that. I understand that. I don't think that you have to be subject to that, but I'm kind of a believer in that. I think women with long hair, I think it's beautiful. If you want to cut your hair short, I don't give a damn. (laughs) What does it matter to me? But that's just a personal viewpoint. It's also a biblical viewpoint. I don't have that viewpoint because of the Bible. I just see the Bible as a sacred text, and I agree with that point of view. But there's also a lot more to it than that. The head of a wife, the Bible says, is her husband. But that doesn't mean the husband gets to beat the woman. It means the husband has a responsibility to take care of that woman, which traditionally in the Muslim world, men had two wives, not because they were trying to have three ways, not because they were shooting porn, not because they were really, really into banging a bunch of women, but because in the Muslim world, historically, there were way more women than men. So when men had more than one wife, it wasn't like, hey, I've got two women to have sex with. It was more like, hey, you have two women to take care of. So you have to work harder to provide for them. And it was very punishable in those days. If you had two wives or three wives and you didn't take care of them, you would be punished in the same way that this young girl, Amini, was punished for not wearing her headscarf. In other words, it's just as oppressive to men. You were in for, the, it, the law was enforced that you had to take care of those women. You had to provide for those women whether you had two wives or three wives, it was to prevent those women from being abused by others, by being raped or being tortured or being kidnapped. They had the protection of a man who traditionally is stronger and more physically able to defend them and take care of them. You might not agree with that, but there's history here that puts the whole thing in context. Do I think that women should be forced to cover their heads in Iran? If that's the law of the religious, uh, the religious uh, headed state, I get it. But I also get if people want to protest it and want to burn their headscarves. If you don't want to wear a headscarf, I get it. I'm with you. But if you want to wear one, I also get it. And I'm also with you. And I think it's really, really arrogant for anybody to say that a woman shouldn't cover her head because it says so in the GD Bible to do that, particularly if you're a Christian. I find it really arrogant to tell women not to do that because a lot of women choose to do that even when it's not enforced, not because they've been brainwashed to think if they don't do it, they're going to be arrested, which is certainly true. But when those women leave those countries, they do it because it preserves their sense of self, dignity and respect. Things that we seem to have lost a lot of 
in Western civilization, if you haven't noticed. And it's extremely hypocritical. It's an enormous double standard to not condemn China, but to condemn Iran. Ottawa has officially banned Iranian officials from entering into Canada. I just read this this morning. This was from two weeks ago. The Minister of Public Safety of Canada, Marco Medicino, in a news release from two weeks ago, says Canada has designated the Islamic Republic of Iran as a regime that has engaged in terrorism and systematic and gross human rights violations. You mean like what the U.S. has done to people who were at the Capitol on January 6th, putting them in holes, denying them legal, denying them basic human rights, denying them the light of day, holding them as political prisoners. Why is Canada not condemning the United States? Well, you mean like the human rights violations against the truckers and their families, the cutting off of fuel and food, telling them that honking their horns was equivalent to, equivalent to, to signing Sieg Heil, telling them that it was equivalent to Heil Hitler, cutting off their bank accounts and their incomes, forcing them as a condition of employment to live, uh, to live and to earn a living, to receive an experimental shot that isn't even approved. That sounds like terrorism and systematic and gross human rights violations, but it's okay because Trudeau did it, and Trudeau likes communism, and Trudeau got dressed down, funny enough, by Xi Jinping, head commie, uh, had commie, and uh, it's okay if Trudeau does it, but if Iran does it, we have to ban the officials from coming into the country. We have to put sanctions. Do you know that Canada has put sanctions on Iran? They put in sanctions on China. Didn't think so. They condemning the Uyghurs in the concentration camps that the Chinese keep. Didn't think so. Do they even mention that? Didn't think so. Has the U.S. condemned that? Didn't think so. The United States has actually said, according to Jake Sullivan, top national security advisor, we're deeply concerned about reports from Iran of mass arrests, sham trials, and now a death sentence for protesters voicing legitimate demands against a government that systematically denies basic dignity and freedom to its people. Well, according to the Iranian government, they see the headscarf as a sign of dignity. So it's an incredibly arrogant and ignorant thing to say. You can condemn what they're doing if you're not holding a double standard and you're not a hypocrite when you have mass arrests in the United States and sham trials and things like that, cultural and social death sentences. But don't say it's because of their basic refusal or their refusal of basic dignity because they believe they're enforcing dignity by making women wear those headscarves. So to say that is outlandishly ignorant, like embarrassingly ignorant. But that's what the White House does. That's what Jake Solomon does. That's what Joe Biden does. That's what most political leaders do. They try to pretend they try. And I say try to pretend because they don't even they don't even do that right. They don't even do it convincingly. They try to pretend to be friends of groups that are oppressed while they oppress groups that they don't like. And again, Kyrie Irving, Dave Chappelle, and Kanye West are black, but they don't get to talk about Zionism, even though they're not talking about Jewish people. They get condemned. They get called anti-Semitic. Meanwhile, if you didn't know this, 
almost all of the Arab world, real Arabs, are actually Semites. Huh. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. If you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year, check out one of my four books for the holiday season. Occult Arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore. The technological elixir looks at UFOs, demonology in the music industry, and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology. Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food Philosophy explores food industry propaganda, advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Thanks, Ryan. This is David Knight with thedavidknightshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teaching. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. I don't know about you, but I find it to be incredibly ironic and quite ignorant, if I may add, how virtually all of Western media can condemn basketball players and comedians and musicians. I'm thinking of Mr. Irving. I'm thinking of Mr. Chappelle. I'm thinking of Mr. West. Dark-skinned individuals who you would think we're supposed to listen to, right? That's what BLM screamed at me while they threw a Molotov cocktail. However, if they say the word Zionism and then explicitly say that they're not talking about actual Jewish people, it's called anti-Semitism. Now, the irony here is, let's go to a dictionary or let's go to the Encyclopedia Britannica. How about that? That's respected, isn't it? The Encyclopedia Britannica says, Semite. What is a Semite? A name given in the 19th century to a member of any people who speak one of the Semitic languages. A family of languages spoken primarily in parts of Western Asia and Africa. In other words, 
If you speak a Semitic language, then you are a Semite. You don't have to be Jewish to be a Semite. In the same way that you don't have to be black to be a slave. So, the Encyclopedia Britannica goes on and says, the term therefore came to include Akkadians, Canaanites, Ethiopians, Armenians, Hebrews, and the last one is the real kicker, Arabs. I've beat this drum for about 10 years now. You can be Jewish and not be genetically Jewish. I can convert to Judaism. Unless I speak Hebrew, I am not a Semite. I am what you would call a political Zionist. It has nothing to do with the Jewish religion. However, if you are an Arab or you speak Arabic, you are a Semite, meaning virtually everybody in Iraq, Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Iran, and the list goes on and on, are Semites. Which is why when I first started radio, I think a lot of people liked my show because I said that the things that the Bush administration were doing were actually anti-Semitic. Because targeting Iraq and Afghanistan, those are largely Semitic countries, engaging with civilians that don't want military occupants in their, in their country, in their city, those are acts of anti-Semitism. Likewise, when you condemn the country of Iran, because you're not allowed to condemn the country of Israel, that would be anti-Semitic. But when you condemn the country of Iran, if you're the U.S. or if you're Canada, that's okay. Despite the fact that Iran is a Semitic nation, for the most part. In the same way that not everybody in Israel speaks a Semitic language, and not everybody in Israel is Jewish. Not everybody in Iran is Muslim. Not everybody in Iran speaks Arabic. You know, people come there as tourists or, you know, people in the military or people doing business. Funny thing is, as a side note, remember Syria, that country that nobody gives a damn about anymore because, you know, well, it's just not, we're not told to. Uh, before we leveled Syria, including your savior, perhaps, if he is your savior, Donald Trump, uh, when he launched missile strikes into Syria at behest of the terrorist state of Israel, uh, we leveled large parts of Syria, a nation that had been controlled by a family for, oh, I don't know what it was, 30, 40, something like that years. Something about 30 years or something, I think, that the Assad family had controlled Syria. You didn't know who Bashar al-Assad was. You didn't know where Syria was on a map until they told you to be concerned about it, and then you became an expert on it overnight in geopolitical events. And both the left and the right, the pro and the anti-war, as it's supposed to be, although the liberals have become the new neocons, as we talked about last night, they told you that Syria was a terrible, heinous, barbaric place. Turns out, as I've spoken to Syrians, Syria, although it might not be the best place in the world, was kind of like Muammar Gaddafi's country. Remember Muammar Gaddafi's country? 
Remember the country that he helped to bring power and housing and all these other things to? Remember Libya? That is an African country that the African, American, Hawaiian communist president Barack Obama bombed. The Barack Obama, Barack Obama bombed Libya. Remember that country? Kind of similar to Syria. Syria was a country where if you were Jewish, Muslim, or Christian, you could be part of society. It wasn't until the extremist groups were flying out of the vacuum caused by the war on terror in Iraq and Afghanistan and surrounding areas. They were then flowing, I'm sure, on your tax dollar on big C-130 transport planes of the U.S. Air Force to Syria to cause acts of terrorism and to separate the harmonious Christian, Muslim, Jewish populations there and then to level ancient cities until there's absolutely nothing left and to make Syria look like Hiroshima. Syria was one of those places where, again, you didn't know it. And, uh, well, you wouldn't probably know much of it today because we leveled Damascus. That's okay, though. Because Syria, we were told, is evil. Right? Same thing with Libya. We're told Libya is evil. We're told Gaddafi is evil. Bashar al-Assad are evil. These are evil people. You know, even if you played... Uh, Call of Duty. Remember one of the games, I think it was the first Modern Warfare, where you had to go execute Bashar al-Assad? They were prepping you for that before you even heard of what heard of Syria, before you even knew where, where, that was a country. I bet, you, I bet you 7 out of 10 people cannot point out where Iran is on a map. Give them a blank map. I bet, you, I bet they can't do it. I bet you, you're, that if you have a friend or family member, I condemn Iran. Get a map out and tell them to point to Iran on the map. I bet you they can't do it. It's just the, the flavor of the day, the flavor of the month. So my point is this. A Semite is someone who speaks a Semitic language. Okay, I could be the most European, Caucasian, straight person in the world. That seems to be the thing that everybody hates. However, if I learn Arabic, if I learn Hebrew, then I become a Semite because I speak the Semitic language, one of the Semitic languages. If I convert to Judaism, but I don't speak Hebrew, though you, don't need, you do need to speak a little bit before you can convert, if you do convert, they're very picky about it, but you don't really speak Hebrew, then you're not a Semite. You're just a convert Jew. You're a, what do they call them, a Doma. It means conversion to, to change. Don't, I think it's Doma or Doma, something like that. Not Dolma, Doma. Likewise, Iran is filled with Semites. They're Arabs. Arabs, they're Semites. Did you know that? If I was in the National Basketball Association or if I was a famous singer or if I was a famous comedian, I would not be allowed to say these things because I would be told that I'm anti-Semitic for pointing out that Arabs are actually Semites. You're not supposed to know that. So when the United States condemns anti-Semitism but then likewise condemns Iran and the Iranian government, they're doing a couple of things. One, they're condemning a country of Semites, which you would think condemnation of a Semitic person, land, group, culture, etc. would be anti-Semitic. You are anti. You are opposed to what they are doing. Agree with it or not. Number two, since you're opposing that Semitic country or culture, whatever it is, you're also demonstrating incredible ignorance because you're not providing context to the reason that you're condemning the actions of the government. 
Why did this young girl, Masa Amini, 22 years old, why did she get arrested in the first place? Because she would not wear her headscarf. Why would she not wear her headscarf? Maybe she forgot it. Maybe she's just tired of being forced to wear it. Okay, I understand. However, having studied history, having studied a lot about Islam and talked to several Muslims, I have a very good friend who's from Saudi Arabia, and we've talked about this as well before. So I have a little perspective on this, although I've never been there. I did actually, you know, I did actually have, I had um, a ticket. I was going to go to Saudi Arabia before the uh, so-called pandemic. I was looking up uh, to stay a week in Jeddah, where my friend lives. Um, couldn't stay with her because of the laws there, but I was going to go to Saudi Arabia to get a firsthand account, see what it was and see what it looked like. I'm, I've always been interested in uh, the Middle East. I've, I mean, it's a dangerous place, but I'd like to go there to see it for myself rather than being told by lying media talking heads that, you know, it is what they say it is when it's not that. So I've talked to a lot of Muslims. I've studied the religion of Islam. I have a little bit about Islam and other similar uh, branches of that religious tradition in my book, Occult Arcana, mixed in with my comparative religion section. And I understand why they wear headscarves. I understand why they cover the heads. They do it because it preserves respect and dignity, and it prevents the woman from being oppressed by random men. However, if you're forcing women to do that, I guess that also becomes oppressive. So I can see the point is both sides of the argument. Do I think women should be forced to do it? Probably not. Do I understand why they want people to do that? Yes. Do I think that the people that enforce it know why they're enforcing it? No, I do not. I think they're just as ignorant as the people who call them ignorant and barbaric for forcing women to do it. I don't think anybody really knows why they do it. Although, as my friend said, she chooses to wear the headscarf because it makes her feel safe. It makes her feel as if she does have dignity. She used that word when I talked to her. That's the first time I ever heard that. She told me, it. I feel that it preserves my dignity. You could say maybe she's brainwashed. But that sounds like a pretty moral thing to me. And when I look at how women are portrayed in the West, when boobs are used to sell everything from beer to trucks, I don't know, I don't think that I can accept that and then condemn my friend's belief that it provides her with dignity and self-respect. If you want to let your boobs hang out, let them hang out, touch the floor, throw them over your shoulders like a continental soldier. I don't care what you do with them. That's not the point. The point is I can see why those women do that. And I can also see why those women would not want to do that. On the other side of the coin, I see why women would want to flaunt themselves makes them feel wanted, makes them feel special. But I can also see why women would not want to do that and why people get upset when women take their bodies and flaunt them as if they're worth nothing, as if they're cheap. You know, more than just showing you a preview, right? There's something to be said about the mystery of it, right? However, I see a 50-50 split here in both cases. I will, however, up you the book of 1 Corinthians 11, 2 through 16, where it says this, I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head, but every wife who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, since it is the same as if her head were shaven. 
For if a wife will not cover her head, then she should cut her hair short. But since it is disgraceful for a wife to cut off her hair or shave her head, let her cover her head. For a man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. That is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head, because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor man of woman. They are dependent on each other. For as woman was made from God, or excuse me, from man, so man is now born of woman, and all things are from God. Judge for yourself. Is it proper for a wife to pray to God with her head uncovered? There's the question the Bible proposes. Does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace for him, but if a woman has long hair, it is her glory, for her hair is given to her for a covering. If anyone is inclined to be contentious, we have no such practice, nor do the churches of God. I want you to think about that for a second. What is that book of the Bible saying? I'm not a pastor. I'm not here to give you my interpretation. But again, if you have an issue with what the Bible is saying, it even says, if anyone is inclined to be contentious, disagreeable, we don't have a practice. Neither do the churches. But morally speaking, nature provides women with longer hair on average, naturally longer hair, because it provides a woman with a natural veil. This is why we lift the veil when we get married, right? And men should not wear long hair because it is a protective symbol for women. Men should have shorter hair. I'm not advocating for this. If you couldn't figure that out by now, I'm saying this is what the Bible tells you. The major difference between this and what we're talking about in Iran is that the Bible says we don't have this practice and the churches of God don't have this practice. In the Muslim world, they do have this practice. However, the Christian world still says you should cover your head. It's the same thing. So this girl gets arrested in Iran and people begin to protest. According to Al Jazeera News, the 15,000 protesters that were sentenced to death, according to the lie of Justin Trudeau, is not true. According to the lie of Newsweek, is not true. Thousands have been arrested in Iran and some have been sentenced to death, but the number is nowhere near 15,000. That figure is the number of people believed to have been arrested. That's according to overseas-based human rights and media organizations. The same sources have reported that more than 350 protesters have been killed. Why were they killed, though? Were they killed standing in the street, saying, I believe in peace, I love God, I just don't think you should make women wear that headscarf? Or were they killed because, like the man handed the death sentence, they were engaged in acts that the Iranian government, unlike the Portland or the Seattle or the Tucson or the Washington or the Baltimore or the Chicago or the Los Angeles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, governments don't seem to want to do. And that is because the protesters were handing um, uh, uh, or placing fire into buildings and burn, trying to burn buildings down, disrupting public order, committing crimes against national security and being a general, quote, corruption of the earth. Iran decided we're not handling this, and they stopped people from doing those things. Now, you don't have to agree with how people handled the protest. Only a handful of people did those things. And I think that the pendulum is not 100% in favor of the protesters because there are ways to protest against the oppression of government without burning buildings down, without being basically a cancer and being basically 
what you hate in the oppressiveness of the government. Now, according to Al Jazeera, the news of the executions appears to have stemmed from a statement signed by 227 of Iran's 290 parliamentarians that said people engaging in a war against God should be dealt with decisively with a response that would teach an example. Well, we should actually be teaching an example here in the States with due process of law, uh, but we don't even want to talk about examples. We just want to let people do whatever they want to do. Uh, So because of the decisiveness of what the Iranian parliament suggested, along with the idea that these people are a corruption to the earth, which I I like that statement, actually, uh, it's been reported that the 15,000 people arrested have been murdered, but that is not true. Two individuals were sentenced for using a knife in the street to cause fear and terror for the people in addition to attacking others with the knife and arson. So let me get this straight. Protesters protesting over this girl not wearing a headscarf attacked other protesters with a knife and tried to burn people or buildings. Yeah, I agree with the Iranian government. Those people are a corruption of the earth, and they should be dealt with swiftly through due process, prosecuted, and then put in prison. Another is accused of running over and killing a police officer with a car. We don't know what the police officer was doing. Was he raping a woman and the guy tried to stop him? Or was the police officer doing his job? That doesn't necessarily make his job right. And then he was run over by an angry protester who was protesting, not because the woman was not wearing her headscarf and she was arrested and killed, but because he was a low-life degenerate that wanted to steal a car or wanted to use a car to cause harm to society. In that case, I can also see how that might also be a corruption of the earth. Because that's usually what happens at these events. Nine out of ten people don't even know why they're protesting. It's just loot, 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 riot, 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 riot. So then he uh, he ran over the police officer with a car. A fourth person uh, led a street riot, blocking streets, and this, they said, caused um, street unrest or basically uh, civil unrest. Several other people also unnamed have received between five to ten years in prison for national security-related charges, Now, that I agree with, depending on what you were doing. If you try to burn a federal building in Portland, you should be put in prison for a decade. The judiciary has said the rulings which were issued in Tehran are preliminary and will need to be approved by an appeals court to become final, after which details can be made public. Judiciary officials have said more than 1,000 indictments have been issued against rioters in Tehran, with many more in other parts of the country. So if we could just be a little more like Iran, and if Iran could just be a little bit more like the United States, and we could get rid of the extremism and find a middle ground... We could understand each other. If Iran would not be as harsh handing out punishments and the U.S. would be a little more harsh handing out punishments like mandatory minimums for drug dealers, death sentences for drug dealers. That's actually one thing I agree with Donald Trump on. If you're dealing drugs and you get arrested, no prison time. That's a death sentence because you are killing people with what you were doing, particularly drugs like fentanyl that you hear a lot about. But likewise, All the Republicans talk about prosecuting doctors for abortion. And how about prosecuting doctors for handing out Adderall? How about prosecuting doctors for handing out pharmaceutical drugs to eight-year-olds because, oh, they like to climb on jungle gyms? Those doctors should be prosecuted. There should be massive investigations of this. But nobody wants to talk about it because it affects everybody, right? Nobody wants to talk about how the Bible says a woman should cover her head because It's disagreeable with the mainline perception of what Christianity is in opposition to barbaric religions like Islam. Very barbaric. You know, I get tired uh, of the hypocrisy. Truly, I I get really sick 
of the hypocrisy. I get really tired, more so than tired. I get angry uh, of the double standards. Okay, I get really, really upset when I see the United States condemning Iran, but not China. I get really upset when I see the ignorance of the Biden administration telling you that they are not respecting the dignity of Iranians when a lot of people, whether you agree with the laws there or not, believe that women wearing headscarves, including women who believe this, is preserving their basic sense of dignity and a basic sense of human rights. I get really angry when people pretend to know about these kinds of things and then say that Kyrie Irving and uh, Dave Chappelle and people like Kanye West are anti-Semites when they're condemning political Zionism, not Judaism, which I can convert to Judaism and not be a Semite, and they call that anti-Semitic, yet Iran is primarily a Semitic country. Arabic as a language is a Semitic language. Therefore, if you speak Arabic or if you are an Arab, you are a Semite. Did you know that? Whether you are, whether you know someone who is, if you speak Arabic or if you are a, an Arab, then you are a Semite. It's as simple as that. It's as easy to understand as that. And you notice that no one points this out. Because it doesn't fit the narrative, does it? That Arabs and Hebrews are both Semites. Therefore, doing to the Middle East what the United States has done or what Israel has done is anti-Semitism. Palestinians are Semites. What Israel does to the Palestinian people is anti-Semitism. The only people that seem not to be able to figure that out are radical political Zionists and the United States government. Can't seem to figure that out. Palestinians are Semites. Condemning Israel is not anti-Semitic, but condemning the acts of Israel against the Palestinians would actually be a display of basic human decency, dignity, and respect, recognizing the violation of basic human rights that are perpetrated by the Israeli government and the Israeli Defense Force. But I'm not allowed to talk about that, am I? Luckily, I can talk about that here. Luckily, I can say that here on The Secret Teachings, and I've always been able to say that on The Secret Teachings because I don't have a filter for this kind of stuff. It's not condemnation of large groups of people. It's pointing out that Hebrews and Arabs are both Semitic. It's pointing out that if you're an Arab or if you speak Arabic, if you're Hebrew, if you're you know, Hebrew descendant, if you're actually, quote, Jewish, Judaism is religion, not a, not a, uh, a genetic lineage, uh, although in some ways it is as well, because they pass the religion down through, you know, the mother. And if you, um, whether you're a Hebrew or you're Arabic or you speak those languages, you are a Semite. In the same way that Iranians are Semites, most of them, and if you're Palestinian, you're a Semite. So any kind of action against those people is anti-Semitic, justified or not. I don't like the double standard of this. I don't like the hypocrisy of this. I don't like the double standard of the United States and Canada spreading false information about Iran, about 15,000 people, as Justin Trudeau did, saying they all died, they all got killed when that wasn't true. 
the double standard of Canada imposing sanctions on Iran, of Ottawa banning Iranian officials from entering Canada, while Justin Trudeau gets dressed down by Xi Jinping, while China is the number one leader in the world for executions, Iran is number two, and we condemn Iran and not China. I don't like the double standard of the White House saying that they are, quote, according to National Security Advisor to President Joe Biden, Jake Sullivan, we are deeply concerned about reports from Iran of mass arrests, sham trials, and now a death sentence for protesters voicing legitimate demands against a government that systematically denies basic dignity and freedom to its people. Oh, you mean the January 6th mass arrests? You mean the sham trials of the January 6th hearing or the Alex Jones case? And death sentences for prisoners? You mean the social and cultural deaths, the moral and spiritual deaths of the protesters that you have locked in cages, that you deny legal service, that you deny basic human rights, that you deny basic dignity in the name of political ideology? Jake Solomon's not talking about those people, though. He's talking about the Iranians and ignorantly, embarrassingly saying that they're violating basic human rights and dignity. Perhaps they are. But women also choose to wear those headscarves, like it says in 1 Corinthians, because they believe it preserves their dignity. How do I know that? Well, I don't listen to Jake Sullivan. I know someone in Saudi Arabia. I've met a lot of her friends. They all agree. Even here in the States where they don't have to do it, sometimes they choose to do it, sometimes they choose not to do it. My friend also told me in Saudi Arabia, there's a lot of places you go, you don't have to wear the headscarf. It's not enforced. Some of these things are considered archaic laws that are no longer enforced. Others are enforced harshly. How can we say that's any different than what's in the Bible? Although the Bible does explicitly say this is not a tenet. You know, we don't have a practice in Christianity. The churches of God don't have this practice. But God still says you should do this. You should not cut your hair as a woman. You should use it to cover your head, to preserve your dignity and self-respect. And if you don't cut your hair, which you shouldn't, you should cover your head in the presence of God. I mean, that's why Jews put the little hats on their head, right? They put the little hats and little little things on their head because those little tiny things they put on their head are a reminder that God is above them, right? They put those things on their head to remind them that there is something above them. Call it the yarmulke or the kippah. So everything we've discussed tonight, double standard, hypocrisy in the West, the differences between, well, what a Semite is. Arabs and Hebrews are both Semites. Iranians are Semites. The double standard between Christianity and Islam and Judaism and covering the head and not covering the head. Again, that's 1 Corinthians 11 if you'd like to look it up. And I'm Ryan Gable and this is The Secret Teachings. And I hope that you enjoyed tonight's broadcast. I hope that you appreciated what I had to share with you. I'd like to direct your attention to our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. Please subscribe to the archive. You get access to the ad-free show, the montages, my digital books, all four of them, plus some extra little goodies, and a private RSS feed that you can plug into your radio podcast player and listen to the show without those annoying ads. If you don't mind listening to those ads, you can find The Secret Teachings five nights a week on any radio or podcast player and listen after the live show on Ground Zero from 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific. And you'll just have to listen to those advertisements, which if you're okay with that, that's cool with me because we get paid from those advertisements. That's the other way we support the show. Otherwise, rdgable at yahoo.com, tstradio at protonmail.com. 
Again, thesecretteachings.info. TST radio at protonmail.com is the new email. So if you email me there, uh, I might get back to you faster. Uh, trying to go through both uh, sets of emails. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Don't be afraid, be informed. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. It is Thursday, November 17th, 2022. We'll be back tomorrow.